0: Let's see okay i think this is 105 <laughs> and still i do these hackneyed intros where i'm like hey welcome to the show and like well every professional sounding podcast does a a, like a cold open or they have like an intro theme song and it kind of just naturally flows into casual conversation uh so i don't know (laughs) this is just as hacky here doing a manufactured version of that as i'm doing right now but uh whatever it's it's a little more laid back show i think uh but yeah welcome to the Thodcast. I'm Philip Elke, uh, podcasting from northern Minnesota. The Thodcast, conversations about animation, where we melt things down to their essence. And today I'm joined by Bridget from Georgia. Hey, Bridget, uh, thanks for joining me on the Thodcast. Uh, How's it going right now?
1: Ah, Pretty good. It's going pretty well. Glad to be here.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I say a little... More laid back because uh, we are waiting for another host co host, but uh, she'll be joining us at some point. But uh, we'll get underway with our little discussion here. It, it'll be a fun one because uh, <laughs> this subject is one that's of major interest to myself and probably uh, anyone who's a fan of animation or Pixar. So uh we'll we'll just kick this off and try to get us uh i don't know i'm not get us i was gonna say get as far as we can with alex but I'd, I'd rather her be in on as much of this conversation as we can um but well, she
1: did say there's a chance she isn't coming
0: okay i no so
1: she may or may not be here <laughs> okay
0: there we go i uh wasn't keeping tabs on the uh on the slack aka the Facebook messages
1: (laughs) yeah (laughs) All right
0: yeah here we go Um, well hey if it's just the two of us then uh, we can make a me a lot of talking about inside out because there's a lot here and of course last episode we discussed the other Pixar film from 2015 The Good Dinosaur directed by Peter Sohn this movie came out earlier in 2015 June 19th and was directed by Pete Docter of Monsters Incorporated and Up, uh, yeah, a uh, celebrated director and creative mind from Pixar, also went on to direct Soul. Um, so yeah, uh, let's uh, get into some inside. Let's let's turn this movie inside out. Uh, <laughs> uh, the the working title was the un- the uh the untitled Pixar movie that takes you inside the mind.
1: <laughs> oh, that yeah. would have been more wordy, that's for sure.
0: Uh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the movie that takes you inside your mind. Um, yeah, the, c- certainly similarities to things that had come previously, but mostly a very original and unique idea as Pixar is often capable of delivering uh what did you think when you saw inside out for the first time bridget
1: so i'll say inside out is actually one of my probably one of my favorite pixar movies um Mm -hmm. just because i was like it's like one of those like heartfelt movies but it's still funny um and it's not like i mean i don't know i guess there are some like heavy parts Mm -hmm. but i feel like it's all relatable like it's things that you know a nine-year-old kid is probably going through um I mean, I vaguely remember being nine, but I do remember being a teenager and it mm-hmm. kind of felt the same mm-hmm. <laughs> almost. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, mm-hmm. like I thought it was like when I watched it, of course, like the most heartfelt part to me was like Bing Bong.
0: Mm-hmm. That like
1: the part when she like forgets her imaginary friend, Ugh, it like killed me the first time I watched it. And so like I've rewatched it since then. And like now that my daughter is now the same age as Riley and I'm like, now everything makes more sense. Cause I'm like, I've had these like, little fights with her being like sarcastic and having an attitude. And she's like, I don't know why I'm being like this. I'm like, I don't either. <laughs> so it's like, now it's like, it makes, it even relates more now that it's like I'm on the other side. So I've been on both sides now. And I'm like, man, this movie like hits home. It's really, it's a really good movie. I really like it.
0: It's, it, I don't know, has special impact for me. And uh, we were maybe going to get a fellow thoughtcaster. Uh, Jody Pulaski back on the show for this to talk about the Minnesota connection uh, because uh, she and I grew up in Minnesota and there's kind of connection here with Riley and her family moving uh, from Minnesota to San Francisco. Uh, interesting kind of life change that would have a lot of um, just, <laughs> generate a lot of chaos within the mind of a a child i think riley uh, um your daughter's nine i think pete doctor's daughter was like nine years old when Mm -hmm. up released and and um, that was part of the inspiration for why he wanted to do inside out um riley i believe is 11 because um at the end you see that big puberty button come in or the yeah the, what's the puberty
1: <laughs> <laughs> because yeah, she says that she's 12 so yeah she's like right around there yeah. not quite there yet but almost that's when it gets real crazy uh-
0: <laughs> yeah uh, maybe they'll uh you know gloss over that and the sequel will be uh, well into no, who knows if there'll ever be a sequel to inside out but, no uh,
1: did you see that they've it's at least it's rumored i've read i read multiple sources that it's been greenlit for a sequel
0: oh hey yeah because
1: i there's like a whole list of like i guess Hmm. possible potential new characters so i'm assuming more emotions but they were Hmm. like everything that i've read and they all seem to match at least in these details is that she'd be about 15 so no, it's going to be smack dab in the middle.
0: <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, I love these characters, these emotions. Riley uh yeah, she you know is sort of the setting of the film more so <laughs> than <laughs> a central. I mean, she's she's a major character, but we mainly follow these anthropo anthropomorphized emotions as Pixar has a tendency to take certain um inanimate objects or in this case, abstract concepts and turn them into characters with human uh, emotions and uh, motivations. Yeah. The, we, we should talk about the emotions, the central figures of this concept of exploring the human psychology, um, the human mind, Um, you know, Pete doctor was, um, careful to clarify, you know, it's it's not supposed to be like the actual physiology of the brain. You don't see dendrites or, uh, um, you know, different, you know, brain structures or anything like that, different chemicals. Uh, but like, yeah, the, you know, what are emotions and, and there are five seen here, Um, and would they potentially go a new direction where they would introduce a whole new wrinkle or would they stick with this, um, this core group? I I mean, I, i kind of prefer they keep things sort of consistent within the world that they've established, but they could almost take it. Yeah.
1: Well, I think that's what they're going to do because it did have the five main casts. So it, it, they would bring them back, but now I guess they'll be getting like additional Like, more emotions as, you know, Mm -hmm. she gets older and has more interest in things. Um, Like, the one that I saw was rumored is lust. Um, Mm -hmm. The other one was, like, anxiety. So, like, fear versus anxiety, um, since those are different. And so, there's a couple of different ones. I'd have to pull the list back up. Because there's actually already, like, rumored people that they've, like, picked to do it. And some of the articles I read, like, most of them match. So, I'm, like, curious how, like, deep they are. If they have recently got greenlit, like, this year for a sequel. Mm -hmm. So it would be interesting to see. I'm very, I was like, Oh, like I love inside out. So I'm like, I'm really interested to see like what they'll do with inside out too. If there's like even more, even more to deal with. Cause it's kind of like, if you think about it, like these emotions, the five emotions that are working, I guess in Riley's mind, Mm -hmm. they like, this is their job and they're all trying to be the best at their job. So it kind of like makes them competitive. And so I couldn't imagine there being like 20 people competing to be like the best, (laughs) the best emotion. (laughs)
0: Yeah. I mean there's a lot of behind the scenes uh de- details that you can research. Um I you know did some searching and I know you did too various interviews and articles leading up to the film and post release. But um you know the the reasoning behind these five core I think it's I think emotion in general is sort of an amorphous it's it's a highly abstract and amorphous thing that you know, we we sort of categorize, but it's it's sort of like color, where you can't really fully, uh, you know, designate where one begins and another one ends. Um, I mean, I think color also plays a, a large role in this movie, where the emotions are color coded, and uh, so I think that's maybe intentional. Um, but if you just distill it to the sort of Roy G Biv of emotion, you know, they've got these five and I, I, think you could do a whole podcast about, you know, sort of the, uh, whole, this whole distillation and how, you know, these five can sort of, uh, commingle and, and work together to, to form different sorts of dynamics within our own human expression. So I, I'm I'm happy with how it it came out in the end. I, I mean, I guess uh, there were uh, as many as twenty six different emotions considered for the character, you know, for the emotional characters. Uh, and the last two to be dropped were uh, pride and what was the other one? Uh, uh, let's see, <laughs> pride and hope were the last to be scrapped. There were others hmm. like ennui and schadenfreude oh <laughs> that that, that would have been different
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> very specific yeah yeah okay. they'd be like how do you say that <laughs> yeah. i really like that ennui one that one that's my fave
0: <laughs> very, yeah yeah very contemplative <laughs> um but no i i think uh some of those more refined emotions are ones that you can sort of construct how uh the various uh emotions that were given of the five like could maybe combine to to form these other you know schadenfreude might be a mix of like anger fear disgust something like that Ennui would be you know, a mix of sadness fear maybe a little joy because ennui is not like totally despairing it's more of just like <laughs> a a sullen but almost contentedly so just kind of
1: like a like a melancholy Mel- yeah for sure yeah, yeah. i mean and that would be interesting to see like instead of having like everyone is this certain emotion they're like all the new emotions are just mixed versions of the, other, the emotions they already have kind of like how the memories are or how the memories end up i guess um because yeah and that's like that there was a book that they kind of like went off of too. the it was oh, emotional yeah. psychology something i don't remember the title because i'm horrible uh but <laughs> but it's like the the psychologist he had the seven emotions and they had the five main ones that they used and then there was surprise and contempt and like they're like these are like the main ones because you can always see them on people's faces and it's like, oh yeah, like happiness. You know when someone's happy, uh, which I feel like surprise and contempt. I guess surprise, yes. Contempt, I don't know. I feel like I might mix that with anger, if, if I saw someone's face. Um. So yeah, they were like, yeah, well, we don't need those other two. Just these <laughs> five It's fine. Yeah,
0: <laughs> surprise maybe could you know be produced by combining joy and fear, or, you know, something like that, mm-hmm. and contempt, yeah, anger and disgust. Um because i don't know you hear a lot there's i mean pop psychology is just like <laughs> that's that's sort of a big theme in this podcast i feel yeah <laughs>
1: um,
0: i don't know We, i a, a big inspiration for this podcast was of course the movie frozen uh thawed you know the antonym uh but <laughs> um <laughs> the uh you know you know part of what appeals to me about that film is sort of of the psychological um you know interplay between like the two sisters and their differences and and the redemptive nature of like the reconciliation between two opposites so
1: yeah um, and that's something like and i honestly i you said frozen and i was like oh my gosh this makes so much sense so i was when i was watching it they keep like because you know they're it's a big move and there she's like moving away from her friends and everything that she knows and going to this new place Mm -hmm. but the whole time her family is like oh yeah you're our happy girl like we're going through such a stressful time always be our happy girl and I was like man they're like really like putting it on thick for her to just be happy and like it's gonna make it easier on us if you're happy and I was like I mean you know and i feel like maybe maybe more our generation probably experienced it where it's like oh yeah like other emotions are bad don't be sad don't be angry happy all the time and so i feel like like you said with frozen it's literally conceal don't feel mm-hmm. and i was like oh my gosh like i literally those links just like clicked together cuz that's they're like yeah like be happy like be happy for us and like you know that's not like i think it's a this movie is like a big like emotional intelligence like just movie it's like oh yeah like it's okay to be other emotions
0: yeah it's a... like,
1: don't go crazy but yeah like <laughs> it's okay ex- to be sad Yeah,
0: exceedingly thoughtful yeah um emotional intelligence is not always the, the most common thing for people to possess i certainly wouldn't uh claim to be all that emotionally intelligent especially throughout my adolescence and uh early adulthood, uh, something I'm hopefully improving upon every day. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And I mean, even Pete doctor discusses this, and there was a, a great quote from him in one article I saw where he was kind of discussing this tendency to suppress or for people to be just oblivious to their motivations, you know, why they're doing something, why they're responding in a certain way. Um, you know, um, here here's the quote, he's like, um, you know, you start to think, of, okay, why did that person actually do this? They say they're doing it for this reason, but what is it actually that's driving them? And they're probably unaware of it, because a lot of us are. Uh, there's so many different layers to things that as soon as you become aware of something, there's yet another one below it. So it's definitely changed the way I look at people behaving, people's behavior, my interactions with them. I grew up in Minnesota where the model is everybody's nice and everything's pleasant and you don't say anything bad or negative. Not that I'm looking for any negativity, but I'm less sort of scared of some negative stuff happening. Like if we get mad at each other, that used to really kind of freak me out. But now I recognize that's healthy. It is what we do, and it's everybody defending their own sense of what's fair, and so on. And so, it's really been helpful for me. So, him describing his work on Inside Out.
1: Yeah, and I mean, I feel like that's like a really like healthy way to look at it. Cause, I'm like, even because, like, I feel like things outside of happiness, especially like in this movie, and you see it enjoy herself. She's like. No, I'm the one that needs to drive Riley. Sadness, you sit in your bubble. Do not do anything. Don't touch anything because you're going to break it. And like eventually she realizes like, oh, sadness. Like you need sadness, like you needed to have joy. And so it's like you need all these things to go together. Like, yeah, there's a time and place. Like if you get angry and you yell at somebody, it's like, okay, well, once you've like, you know, calmed down, of course, like go back and say sorry. And that's kind of like what she does when she runs away and comes back. She's like, oh, yeah, like. I just felt like I had to be this way. Like, don't be mad at me. And they're like, no, like, it's totally fine. You can be sad. Like, it's fine. And she's like, oh, I'm sorry. And I'm like, see, it's like, it's like you can have feelings and emotions. Mm-hmm. And just like, you know, if you hurt someone else with those emotions, just think, say you're sorry. Be, just, Just say sorry. <laughs> <laughs> just say sorry later. And I mean, I feel like especially like little kids, I feel like little kids have like the purest emotions because they have no control. There's absolutely no control of them like, like toddlers outburst all the time. They're sad. You know it mad, happy, you know, you know, there's never like, they're not hiding anything, but like, you know, they get to Riley's age and they're like, and it's, it's something I actually read an interview that Pete doctor had done where he was like, he noticed as his daughter was, she was like 11 that she went from like someone who was goofy and happy and silly. And she had become like this kind of like quiet and distant, like sullen preteen. And he was like, man, like, where's the joy gone? And he, and this is like, and that's like literally what the line was. And I was like, oh my gosh, he wrote his own, he wrote the movie like before he even like knew it. (laughs) But, and so he was like, yeah, like I had to realize like, you know, they get older and they come into themselves and are just trying to like function as a person with all these emotions.
0: Yeah. Joy. I don't know. It's, it's kind of like the engine of our psyche. Uh, You know, she, she wants to be the one leading, you know, steering the ship, the captain. Uh, but as uh, we grow and mature, that might all that might all that might not always be the case, <laughs> uh, as we see with Riley's parents. Um, the leader at the console of Riley's mom's mind is uh, is her sadness emotion. Um, not that she's like a sad person or anything <laughs> but I guess that's just how her personality evolved incorporated a little bit more uh, complexity uh, and then her father has um, anger at the helm seems so yeah
1: it's so funny because her dad reminds me of my husband <laughs> oh boy <laughs> he's like goofy but like if you know our daughter's being a turd like uh-huh. he'll like he'll he'll put the foot down he has no qualms. And I told like he hasn't watched it in years. And I was like telling him about it. And I was like in that moment, because of course that happens and she runs off to her room and she's all upset. And he's, they're like, yeah, that was great. And in the mom's mind, they're like, that was, that was so bad. That did not go the way it was supposed to. (laughs) And I was like, oh man, we've had like so many experiences like that. Like (laughs) I'm telling you, I I, like relate spiritually to this movie now. I feel like.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's great. Yeah. (laughs) Um, yeah he, he's uh yeah the, the did you see riley's first date it's yes short, i watched okay. it
1: immediately after and i was like very cute it was very cute
0: <laughs> yeah that almost focuses more on the parents or even like the dad kind of interacting with this boy you see at the end of inside out who comes over and it's not even really a date it's just it's very short
1: um, yeah, they're going to hang out. It's not yeah. a date. Ew. And like the mom is like being so cringy. And it's a, I, I, I strive to be the embarrassing mother. Because you know, everything is embarrassing. It doesn't matter if you're not even being an embarrassing, you are embarrassing as a parent. And so she's like, yeah, LOL, you guys have fun homies. And she's like, why are you being like this? It's not a date. We're just hanging out.
0: Just <laughs> Which I remember being it. like that
1: too. I'm like, oh no, stop talking. Uh,
0: <laughs> I I love Mindy Kaling's disgust. I mean, she, you know that moment when the mom comes in in the uh, Riley's first days. You know, uh, fo Fosh- Um, uh, yeah, she's like, you.
1: What are you saying? <laughs> I can't even.
0: <laughs> she just walks away. She can't handle it. Oh,
1: I uh, love her. She, that, I feel like that role was with, like written for her. Like I've seen her in so many things. I was like, she was perfect. They are never allowed to replace her because she was perfect for that. <laughs> that and Lewis Black, Lewis Black. I mean, honestly, they all do. But like Lewis Black, obviously, is the embodiment of anger. Like the embodiment. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I, I didn't know who voiced the human characters, but um, I didn't realize I didn't
1: it. know them either.
0: Well, Kyle McLaughlin plays the father, uh, plays dad. Uh, and that's the only name he's given that I see. Uh. Kyle McLaughlin was uh, Agent Cooper from Twin Peaks. He was Paul Atreides in the 1980s Dune movie. Uh, So, yeah, he's a big actor. Um, Diane Lane, is mom. Oh,
1: I know Diane Lane. Yes, I know that name.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Richard Kind is Bing Bong. I know.
1: I knew the second he started talking, I was like, I know who this is. And I don't think I realized back then like when i watched it so long ago mm-hmm. um <laughs> but yeah i i like oh and like phyllis yeah. so sadness so good so my, sadness reminds me of my nana because <laughs> she's kind of like i feel like sadness runs her console um she's very like she just reminds me of that like of that character and i was like every time i watch it i'm like ah oh, yeah that's my nana <laughs> but like phyllis uh phyllis smith i think her name is yeah that's phyllis right. Smith does her but she was i think they're just like they found the people who like embodied all these characters. Amy Poehler, yeah. oh, who yeah. I love, she yeah. like Parks and Rec. It kind of kind of gave me Leslie Nope vibes. Maybe not quite as chaotic as Leslie Nope, but I was like, oh, I can see this. Yeah, this all matches. This goes. Yeah.
0: Joy. Yeah, she's she's got that pixie haircut and you know, kind of like a manic pixie dream girl personality. <laughs> Uh, I know they kind of struggled to make her likable because she could be a little too overbearing if not treated carefully in, you know, her dialogue and how they were writing her character. Uh, so, so that took a little bit of work to kind of perfect.
1: Um... I'm surprised because I I really liked Joy.
0: Yeah, yeah, no. So she's
1: I'm surprised that they were like struggled with that
0: hmm. You know, I could see how it's like yeah. you, you don't want a character to be too, you, you know, like a, like almost like you know, Barney or something from like a kid's, <laughs> from yeah. those you know, really little um, kids program, you know, obnoxious things like that. Um, yeah.
1: When they probably had to tread lightly because she's mm-hmm. like she's the one that's in control and she's very much like, no, it has to be like this. But they have to do that without her being bossy she's like no we have to do it because it's in the best interest hello stop (laughs) so she did it like in a way that was like it's like cute you're like yeah sadness stop uh (laughs) stop don't leave your bubble
0: um caitlin dias or d-i-a-s is how you spell her last name she's riley so and she's done some other stuff so potentially would return to the role if uh if they do make inside out too Oh, i'm um,
1: sure too because she did yeah. riley's first date, and oh she's 23 so she'll she'll be right age to be 15 year old riley
0: oh yeah i mean
1: <laughs> you can
0: cast you know uh, pretty much Anyone a woman of age. age any age to play yeah. a 15 year old yeah
1: did you know that pete doctor did a voice
0: oh yeah what
1: he was dad's anger.
0: oh wow he was okay. the voice
1: of dad's anger i love that because i was like i'm looking at the cast of the people that i don't know who they are mm. like all the other characters and there's surprisingly like a ton of people, like Rashida Jones was huh. the cool girl, which I okay. n- I did not I did not notice that. that makes sense. It, I guess she's a she's like a kid, so <laughs> probably wasn't listening for it. But yeah, there's like a ton of people in here, like John Ratzenberger's in it. I mean, yeah, a lot of people I didn't realize.
0: That uh, anger is kind of a significant role, right? The father's anger. I I didn't even clock that those were different actors necessarily i thought maybe they just got either um you know lewis black doing anger for like the other for for dad or um or just the voice sure. of dad but yeah
1: yeah i think they're all different so Lori yeah. allen did mother's sadness okay cool. so i guess maybe it i mean i guess it makes sense that like the character or like the emotions in riley's head their voices are different than like what would be in her mom's head or what would be in her dad's head. Um, I mean, for the other ones that didn't really talk a whole lot, it could be that they might've reused people, but yeah, they had different people for like their main console controller emotions.
0: Bill Hader's Incredible. Um, I don't know if you've seen Barry.
1: Mm -hmm. Great show. I love Bill Hader. Yeah. (laughs) And he, he actually, I read the interview that he did and he was like, yeah, this character was written for me. He's like, I am that character. (laughs) I am fear. He's like I'm afraid of everything. <laughs> I don't
0: know. I mean, he, he can be intimidating too when when needed. Um the uh the idea of like these emotions filling kind of a certain role and and just very um elegantly kind of slotting into their designated role without spilling out too far into other you know expressing other emotions the the emotions themselves you know they're these anthropomorphic characters so they they don't exclusively like they have dimension beyond just their singular emotions that they represent um but i i like i kind of there's a subtlety to like how um sadness you know she she impulsively reaches for like these uh, these core memories, sort of these thing. I don't know why, why, why is she, why, why is she corrupting, you know, quote unquote, these memory balls that she keeps seemingly being drawn to. And I, you know, and it's not like she's trying to be sub- subversive or, you know, insubordinate, like there's just something sort of like, uh, uh, you know, I think the holy it's like grail. Nostalgia. Yeah.
1: Well, I think it's like nostalgia. It's like, because like, if you look at her core memories, um, when Joy is in the pit mm-hmm. and she's looking at them, they're all from when she was little. And so I'm like, I wonder if like nostalgia is kind of like a touch of sadness. Because mm. I, I think yeah. like sadness, people think like, oh, crying, sadness, that's it. But I think like looking back at something with like a longing memory could be kind of sadness. And so maybe that's why she's like, She's looking at them and she touches them. And it's like, okay, this happy memory, it's so long ago. Now it's like kind of, it's happy and sad. Because it's like, oh, I remember that. That time is so like long, uh, like long ago. And so I think maybe that's what it is. Like she's not like, because she touches so many memories when she's being dragged she, through the line. The yeah. <laughs> I was like, man, stop touching them.
0: <laughs> her compulsivity might be the result of her being the most repressed of the mo- emotions. So
1: that she, too, cause she's yeah. not allowed to do anything.
0: Yeah. Um The most misunderstood perhaps, or the, the most needed, but least utilized in respect to Riley in order to cope with her new circumstances. Riley probably doesn't have the greatest, you know, grasp of these other, you know, not, not as, not not as, commanding emotions like fear. You know, joy is the one in charge, and I think Riley's quite familiar with, the, you know, feelings of joy. Uh, but fear, anger, disgust—they're um, not as repressed per se. But I also don't think they've been as you know crucial to Riley's development. And then sadness is the one that she really needs to sort of get a like grapple on. Down. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Like when well, that's what I, like she's so pushed down, like mm-hmm. anger and disgust and fear, like they kind of get, even though you can tell that they don't know what they're doing when they're yeah. the only ones there and they're like, we're breaking everything. We need to stop touching it. Um, you can tell that like, they don't know what they're doing. They're like, Joy's been running the show. And we're mm-hmm. just trying our best. But like sadness, mm-hmm. they were like, she was basically like repressed. Mm -hmm. Like push down because like to Joy, she was like, oh no, this is like, I was the first one here. This is my job to -hmm. be the main one. And I mean, that's why I said like, it's kind of true for like little kids. You only have so many emotions and like the bigger ones, like I guess like when they get angry or they're sad, like those are like Mm -hmm. bursts. It's Mm -hmm. not really like the overtone. Usually like little kids are happy. So as like, as she's gotten older, Joy's like, this is my job. And they're like, no, like you kind of need all of us. Can't just be you all the time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And you see, you know, they eventually start to combine to these different memories. Yeah, And that's interesting how like these memory balls form uh, whenever a different emotion is being expressed or a different, I mean, just a a new um, memory gets formed. But um, gosh, you see the whole you know endless uh long-term memory bank <laughs> of corridors of memories it didn't seem like riley was forming that many memory you know these memory balls were showing up that frequently to <laughs> to have as many as we see out there in long-term memory but maybe maybe they are just whirling through uh, and and we don't see Uh, (laughs) as many as the the, you know as we seem to when we're in headquarters i don't know
1: yeah you don't get as many i know my favorite (laughs) thing is like the jingle the jingle that they pop up because it's so true Mm -hmm. you get like an earworm and it's stuck in your head forever like we don't talk about bruno or like something from hamilton well i will just be sitting in my bed and it's like alexander hamilton and i'm like why are you here Hmm. i love it but why are you here (laughs) It's two o'clock. What do you want?
0: (laughs) Maybe there are like a lot of backup copies of each memory. And because the human mind is weird, every time a memory gets like copied, it sort of changes slightly. Did you know that like every time we recall a memory, it almost degrades in some ways, like it'll sort of change, you know. I, I
1: feel like it's also like the longer ago it was. It's like, oh, I recall this memory, but like certain details are gone, or what I remembered is not how I remember it. Believe me, my mom like fact checks me anytime I remember anything. She's she's like, that's not what happened, or that's not all that happened. I'm like, okay, well, I already forgot. I don't, I don't know what happened. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. Memories aren't, yeah, they're not the most reliable. I think they're, you know, different ways we can sort of accentuate our ability to remember specific details and, and sometimes our memory is more clear um, at, than at other times. Um, but yeah, the, you know, this <laughs> yeah, the, the little jingles, I don't know. Do you have a triple dent gum jingle that, uh, yeah, you said Hamilton. I don't know. Oh Well
1: that or like jingles from like <laughs> that came on um, we had drive baby, click, click. It's a, it's a car commercial. And that was like their tagline. But since I was a child, it was drive, baby, click, click, beep, beep. It will never leave my brain. Never exactly. in my life will it leave. It is stuck here forever. <laughs> and I think they still use it, though. They've been using it for like 30 years. They will never stop.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, this is especially pertinent for marketing. You said you worked in marketing, too. But I like did, yeah. that that's sort of the. The ultimate goal is to develop a, a triple den gums this type of yeah. scenario.
1: <laughs> well yeah, like we have one that's like uh nine 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 nine. It's wow. the guy's phone number for his company. Okay. And it's the smartest thing he's ever done because I'll never forget it. If I ever need a like a car wreck insurance guy, I got him. <laughs> I think that's what it's for. <laughs>
0: Like the famous clip of Hitler from that one movie, Nine Nine or uh, <laughs> Inglorious Bastards. That's a yeah, yeah. <laughs> one turn. Too. Um, the, the, uh, have you heard the jingle, One Eight Seven Seven Cars for Kids? K A R S. Yes.
1: <laughs> or, like, gosh, what do you remember the the college, the college one? Oh, gosh. Uh, it was, they made like multiple of them. It's like a it's recruitment like in-
0: thing, or yes. Huh.
1: It was like a whole song. I will remember it later and it's going to mm-hmm. drive me crazy, but it's like on the tip of my tongue. I can like hear the jingle in my brain. My one isn't the most,
0: yeah. I'm not the most, it was one that came on, most, yeah, I, that came
1: right on TV. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. Um, colleges, yeah. They're all, they're those like for profit universities that you see advertised a lot. Um, you know, I, I it's like, I, I don't even want to, um, venture naming. Any at the, off the top <laughs> of my head, you know, because I'll I'll probably get the name wrong, but um, Trump University. Uh, <laughs> no. um, yeah, the, there's just a lot of fun, fun thing. Uh, well, in uh, the Good Place, I don't know if you saw. <laughs> they, I
1: love. I've been rewatching the Good Place. I love that. I love that.
0: There's a board meeting scene in the Bad Place, and mm-hmm. they like they do an invocation and so they sing like the the anthem of the bad place and it's the one eight seven seven cars for kids song. <laughs> yeah <laughs> it was so
1: good. they're like that, that 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 would be oh it was education connection okay yeah it was like a whole jingle you'll have to look it up it's a girl she sings about it, but she's like i went just i went to college didn't do great i i that thing will be stuck in my brain forever I, I, even if I don't remember the words, I will remember the jingle. <laughs> the
0: the one I like is the JG Wentworth yes! song. JG
1: yeah. Wentworth, eight, seven, seven, cash now. I
0: mean, it's, yeah. it's such an earworm and that can be annoying, but it's, <laughs> it's just, I love how sincere these artists, you know, these opera singers are when they're just singing about payday loans. <laughs> so,
1: yeah. I mean, they, they said um, we're getting paid today. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I appreciate them and their hard work. <laughs> Well, that's like something um, I noticed. So, you know, like they dump all the long-term memories. They're like, hey, we got to make more room. You guys have to get out. Mm -hmm. Um, And like a lot of her memories were like her, like little kid memories. And they're just a random little kid memories. But I was like, that's so funny. Cause like, you know, as you get older, like I don't remember anything from like the age of three. I mean, even four is kind of hazy. Cause they say a lot of times like, people will form memories based off of like stories and pictures they've been told. So like I've seen, I know I've been to Disney world when I was four Okay. and I've seen pictures of me at Disney world in the stuff in my like uncle's apartment. Do I remember that? No, but I do remember the stories in the pictures because I like all together. It's like, Oh, okay. Like these memories make sense. But I think it's just because, you know, you've been told it so many times with something like physical that you're like, Oh yeah, now I have this like made up memory that I don't remember at all at this point in, in my life. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't
0: I can't think of any that I know are like made up or sort of confabulated from what I've been told more. So I, I definitely have like real diegetic memories from when I was three, possibly younger, because I I specifically remember just how utterly I. Um, fervid I was is that a word fervent fervid, uh, fervid? I
1: think so
0: uh, fervid? Uh, yeah something like that <laughs> uh, fervid. The, uh, just my my obsession with the Lion King um, and that movie yes. released in 1994 and I was only two years old although and I remember seeing it in the theaters maybe I saw it at a re-release screening in, in 95 when I was three because I'm guessing they probably re-released it into theaters in subsequent years. Probably the following it it, it ran forever because it was just such a yeah mash. no
1: it was also my favorite. I was mm-hmm. three. It came out ninety four. I was three. Yeah. So I know I so vaguely there are things I vaguely remember. because yeah, I I saw that and I had the the Nala and Simba the kissed with their magnetic mm-hmm. noses and I very much remember those. Yeah. <laughs> So it's like little bits and pieces that you remember, or like someone will like, like I watched Inside Out today. Mm-hmm. And then I remembered, which I have not recalled in probably six years, that I had a bing-bong. I mm. had a bing-bong, but he pushed his little tummy and he would say, who's the guy who likes to play bing-bong, bing-bong, and he'd say all the catchphrases. And now I now in my brain, I'm like, where is it? <laughs> where is bing-bong?
0: He <laughs> didn't make dolphin noises.
1: I think he did. Oh, he yeah. had like a couple of different little things that he the little noises he'd uh cycle through. That's so he sang his song. He did the dolphin noises and like a couple of his catchphrases, I think he said.
0: I had a bizarre synchronicity happen to me the day I saw Inside Out. And I probably went to see it opening day or opening night, you know, probably Thursday night screening here in my my hometown in Minnesota. Um and that like day, because it released June 19th. I probably saw it June 18th, Thursday night. And and like that day, there was an episode of a podcast that released June 18th. I, I looked up the date. Um, this podcast called the JV Club, hosted by Janet Varney. She was the voice of Cora from The Legend of Cora. So yeah. I, I got turned on to her podcast that way. And she interviewed this a comedian friend of hers named Amir Talai. And between the two of them, they had like a little special phrase that they just said, you know, to be goofy. And uh, that phrase was bing bong. Like literally, as I was listening to the episode, as I was driving to the movie theater and they were talking about, and well, yeah, they like randomly said bing bong to each other and like how that was an inside joke between the two of them. And then I, I see this movie and there's literally the phrase bing bong never had any meaning to me. I I don't think I'd ever heard it uttered, you know, prior to June 19th or June 18th, 2015, whenever I saw Inside Out, uh, except for this podcast, I which was the thing I was literally doing. As That's I was funny. Doing That's how
1: you knew. That's, <laughs> That's you knew you needed to be there in that moment. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, yeah i don't know it, i mean it's because like i'm sure how many people have come up with a phrase bing bong just because it's a nonsense thing that's easy to say and probably millions
1: but, yeah well because you have ding dong which is yeah. similar enough because that's yeah. i'm trying to think i'm like i don't think that i had ever heard bing bong either before I, I there was ding dong there was bingo yeah.
0: just like I,
1: i'd heard bing bong
0: yeah like baby talk because he's a
1: yeah
0: uh Imaginary friend.
1: Imaginary friend,
0: yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Did do you know of any like imaginary friends from your childhood?
1: (laughs) Oh, um, so I had I had a um a slew of them because I was the only child until I was six. Um, so I had Nala, so original, I know. Um (laughs) I had roses, not rose, but roses, and I had Tintin, again original. Okay. But yeah, my mom said I had like a slew of them that I would just hang out with. And then I went to kindergarten. And she said that one day she asked about my friends because I would like play outside with them and talk to them and like have tea parties and stuff. And she was like, yeah, what happened to like your friends? And I was like, oh, they moved. I got real friends (laughs) and I was like, bye, (laughs) go.
0: Bye, (laughs) Felicia. (laughs) Yeah,
1: bye y'all. I don't need you, sorry.
0: (laughs) I Yeah, I can't recall having an imaginary friend, but I did have a name, I would say, just whenever I wanted something or focused my attention on something i would say ernie so ernie from sesame street yeah, yeah. I, would just, I would if i wanted something yeah. i'd reach for it and say ernie ernie <laughs> so See,
1: like, i think it's because like you know those are all like shows and things you've watched so you're like yeah mm-hmm. yeah that's my friend get this for me please <laughs> <laughs> it's like why it's so crazy like how wild Kids' imaginations are because, like now, they'll be like, "Let's play pretend," and I'm like, "Okay." <laughs> I've
0: I've heard it sure. said. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I've heard it said, and I kind of I agree wholeheartedly that all kids are basically geniuses.
1: Yeah, <laughs> they just they, aren't they don't know.
0: trained, you know. Uh, but yeah, just the the sheer magnitude of their creative power. Uh, it's just raw, untempered. Uh, it is just astronomical compared to most adults. And the sad thing is that you know that the utility of that is of diminishing relevance as we age and even like there's pressures once we're in adolescence to not be quite so uh, audacious and uh, ostentatious about our expression of certain, you know <laughs> things that that might be socially um you know undesirable but yeah
1: well yeah and that it so in one of the interviews with with pete doctor that i read he said that um a lot of what he put into the film because of course there's like you know all the emotions but he said that of course it was like based on what he was observing from his daughter but kind of what he was also going through as like a parent to a kid who's getting older because he was like i was like you know because the kids are like funny and goofy and silly and happy and he said that it was like realizing that he could you know when you become an adult and you have kids it's like you get mm-hmm. to do it all over again mm-hmm. you're like oh now I'm playing pretend and we're being silly and doing all this and he was like and eventually they outgrow that and you're like dang this era is over mm-hmm. and so he said it was kind of like almost like a sadness or maybe like more of like a nostalgia thing because it's like oh I'm not ready to let this part go but they're like you know growing up and becoming adults and you're like oh boo <laughs> So I thought it was like, interesting. It's like, you kind of watch it. Like you don't realize when you're going through it, what's happening. Cause they actually asked if he had like consulted his daughter on anything. And he was like, no, no, because she wouldn't have known. They're like at that age, we're not cognizant enough to like Mm. know what we're going through. And so you become an adult and you're like, oh, now I know I have so much knowledge now. And so you watch someone else go through it and you're like, I can help you. And they're like, please don't. And I'm like, yeah, let me help. (laughs) I, um,
0: I did read he he received the ultimate compliment, though, which was good movie, dad, from yeah, plainly,
1: <laughs> plainly good movie, dad. And I'm like, yeah. you know what, that that is about as much as enthusiasm. Like, we're still in the silly phase, but mm-hmm. there are times that I do something and she's like, looks at me and she's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, oh, come on, that's funny. It's funny. And she's like, <laughs> no, I'm like, it is <laughs> that yeah. that's when you become the embarrassing parent. You go from fun to embarrassing.
0: Yeah, I yeah def- <laughs> definitely definitely got to do what we can to to foster the positivity and the joy. You know, it it can yeah there there's things that can conceal it and obscure it, and it as long as we don't let those things linger. Like that's that's kind of the key with any mindfulness practice. You know, the, I, people have described Inside Out as a very mindful film, and like I've you know I know a little bit about mindfulness and meditation things like that and I, I guess the key is just sort of like not getting stuck on any one thing um, yeah
1: don't don't conceal don't feel listen <laughs> you'll freeze your whole town don't do it exactly <laughs> don't don't free
0: don't get frozen yeah
1: you'll get on uh, a. you'll steal your mom's credit card and get on a bus and go back to minnesota <laughs>
0: i love that yeah the minnesota does play a significant plot point in this film um and I I know what it's like to, you know, get on a bus in the in, in California, whether Northern California or Southern California, and not necessarily uh, have a very clear idea where you're going. Not I'm not that I was ever running away. It's just. <laughs> Uh, public transit is complicated, <laughs> uh, but I, I do love the Muni system that they have in in San Francisco. Um, I, I've used the public transit system there; it's it's very uh, slick. Um, but yeah, she was man taking the the long way. There there was a name of the bus company, I think Transway or something. They made, they made up, but anyways, yeah. on a, sometimes you see clever little. Easter eggs in these uh, Pixar movies. Uh, I don't think the bus company was one of them, but um, just different brand names and such. Uh, gosh, I, I thought I maybe saw one throughout like the the mind space. Um, oh, the, the cloud town. That was great. The, <laughs> forget oh yeah. it Jake. I loved
1: all the little towns. Yeah.
0: <laughs> the Chinatown reference. Uh, forget it, Jake. It's cloud town.
1: That yeah. was hilarious. <laughs> Well and then they um like I like when they go in the abstract, the abstract oh. thought one. Oh, and he's yes. like it's fine. I do this all the time. And they go in there and they're like, ah, oh, we're gonna burn everything in there.
0: <laughs> burn it burn to it. The ground. That's uh the 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 four phases. Can do you remember <laughs> what they were? Of, uh uh I
1: remember I remember like the two D one and that's it, and it's funny because I literally just watched it, but uh
0: two I, I remember because um like this is it's it's something that I think about a lot and that is cognitive dissonance and humans, yeah. you know, struggles dealing with, it's simply an inevitability of life that we're going to encounter things that we're just very, we're either unable to reconcile mentally or it's very difficult. Uh, and uh, And a lot of people don't deal very well with it, but these are ultimately just constructs of the mind if we can only sort of, accept that and let it go and and the process of doing so if you really want to try to grapple with it and understand it you know is is basically these four steps that are described in in the film you know within abstract thought you you go from this uh non-objective fragmentation basically uh, well non-objective I, I i would assume that could also mean subjective so something that's sort of personally affecting you in some way, not and not um not something that's necessarily universal to all individuals, uh fragmentation, so like cognitive dissonance in a way. Um and then they go to deconstruction. So trying to break <laughs> down, yeah, these these ideas that don't seem to make sense. Uh and then two-dimensional, so trying to simplify even further um and then to non-figurative basically just um trying to to break these down in just little strings of text strings of thought uh, and so that they can be streamlined and kind of understood in in a, in a very basic way i i'm probably just you know totally making this up but i don't know I, <laughs> <laughs> it, no uh, no
1: it makes sense because i my i got my degree in communication and a big part of it is like cognitive dissonance and it's like people want to write what is not right i guess and like to them and so they will like go out of their way to make it right yeah and like they'll fixate on it until it's right to them so like i honestly like with the abstract thought I didn't even like think about cognitive dissonance when it was happening. I was just mm-hmm. like, Oh no, you guys are stuck and you're going to die. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it makes it, it's like, Oh, we have to get out before we become the lines and become nothing basically. Um, yeah. Which is yeah. funny. It's like, yeah, we have to write this cause you're not supposed to be in here.
0: <laughs> well, I, and I feel like cognitive dissonance often comes from, you know, encountering people who just don't see things, in a way that aligns with how you see things. Um and then that can create strife. Uh so like attempting to try to make sense of how another person, you know, walking a mile in someone else's shoes, sort of thing. Um, you know, that that can take time and practice to sort of develop that skill. Um, and yeah, it's just it's good to to try to at least endeavor to, to see things objectively so you don't have that non-objective fragmentation that occurs <laughs> I,
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I mean
0: there's a lot of wisdom you can derive from I, the, the little moment when they're on the train of thought and joy spills the boxes <laughs> facts and opinions and yeah I'm just he's picking them up and indiscriminately throwing them back into different boxes it's like don't worry it happens all the time
1: <laughs> yeah it's fine <laughs> your thoughts is. are factual that's It's different <laughs> I know and that's like when I I liked the the boyfriend generator and she was like oh. this is new he was like this is new what is this <laughs> and he was like <laughs> I, she doesn't have a boyfriend I'm from Canada
0: <laughs> that's yeah that's relatable but
1: yeah it, oh no it definitely like when I don't know I'm sure at that age I was like oh yeah I have a boyfriend I did not I was I was like 10 no I didn't <laughs>
0: I mean, social media—you can, you know, find any sort of, you know, admirer from any region of the globe to to maybe uh start a little, you know, flirtation with. But (laughs) I don't know. Well, that's
1: like um, she had a phone. I was like, they're like, I'm gonna call her phone, and I was like, oh dang, she's like 11. Should I should I be preparing myself for phones? (laughs)
0: <laughs> okay yeah yeah that's that is you know definitely a major factor of you know the modern era <laughs> and how oh my yeah, gosh my
1: phone didn't there was no internet on my phone when i got my first phone so <laughs> mm-hmm. there was no big screen either i had like the little one on like a nokia so yeah. i'm like that's an interesting that's going to be an interesting like development i mean you, you kind of see it in uh red turning red they yeah. have all the social media and stuff too mm-hmm. um so yeah, I was like, oh no, phones. I haven't I've that's been like farthest from my mind.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm not a parent, but I just feel like a lot of the these things really boil down to the relationship between the child and the parents. Mhm. You know, just hoping that there is, you know, the necessary de- degree of trust so that whatever decision is made, you know, okay to have a cell phone or no cell phone like at least there is some, you know, conciliation or some uh, amicable agreement that can be reached. <laughs> Let's see the uh, uh, you talk about the boyfriend general. Well, and this is where I feel like other maybe emotional characters could come in. May- maybe you would see like manifestation of another, you know, quote unquote emotion pop up. Because, like, there are other characters within the subconscious uh, besides the the five main emotions. They're all the different, like, laborers. Uh, th- did they have a name for those little, like, jelly bean characters?
1: I think they're just, like, mind workers, yeah. if I remember correctly. Because that. Because like one of them was uh, Rassenberger. Rassenberger. That yeah. guy. Um, like the yeah, cloud people. I think they people. just call them, yeah, they just call them mind workers.
0: Yeah. Um, you know people pointed out maybe a bit of like a continuity issue with you know the fact that you can just take one of those spheres the the orbs and and dump it from um long-term memory into one of those tubes to get then get sent up to headquarters so why didn't joy do that with the core emotions just send them straight back up uh but Maybe because she didn't trust the three uh, other. them.
1: She's like, no, 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 no. She's like, I, I am the boss here. <laughs> I need to also yeah. be there. Yeah. I mean, she didn't even, she didn't. Well, and honestly, like if they touched them, would it make, would it change the memory? It so doesn't. Disgust touched one of them because yeah. sadness touched it and it immediately made it sad.
0: But fear is seen holding a joy memory. Oh um, Yeah.
1: He puts them all in there
0: he tries to use just regular memories of hot, you know, when Riley's at the hockey practice. Mm-hmm. Um, so he didn't like convert those into fear based memories. Um, but they're se. not
1: core memories.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Might yeah. Be different. That could be different. Yeah. Um, but even though sa- sadness
1: turned all those she, and yeah. <laughs> she's just like infectious, I guess.
0: Yeah. She's having uh her ponfar far, Sorry, Star this is, Trek. This rubber. is her.
1: This is her villain era. Uh.
0: <laughs> yeah, she's she's a she's a bit more radioactive than uh, than the other emotions. Um, I I thought it was kind of interesting how like the color scheme of joy is sort of notably different than the other emotions. The other emotions are a bit more monochrome, whereas joy. She's got the blue hair, blue eyes, uh, green dress. There's a little bit of like pinky, purpley accenting with the her aura you know the glow mm-hmm. so so maybe she is more of an embodiment of the other emotions as well so i don't like know she if that's... just
1: didn't realize it
0: yeah, yeah. i don't know um well, especially because
1: the... she was there first so maybe she's had more time to like develop as her emotion mm-hmm. core thing
0: uh, yeah yeah and her being sort of the lead emotion maybe allows her to take on more of the characteristics of the others as well
1: um Wait, well, yeah, that's what I thought was interesting when they were like in the pit and she's like down there and she starts crying. And I'm like, so does Joy <laughs> also have emotions? Because she goes from, you know, she's happy, she's Joy. And then she's like upset and crying. And I was like, but I, were they happy tears? I like, love it. She's remembering moment. those memories and they're happy tears.
0: She's clearly sad, but like,
1: yeah. I,
0: you know, it's best not to overthink it too much. Yeah.
1: I, <laughs> Well, that's what they said. They were like, we're not going super deep with psychology here. Please don't.
0: (laughs) (laughs) There was like an Inception style parody by, I believe it was the YouTube channel, How It Should Have Ended, where then they zoom into the heads of the emotions and the emotions within the emotions. And it just (laughs) becomes a mess. (laughs) Yeah, it's like...
1: (laughs) I mean, hey, it was like in the the credits where it's like has the cats and the dogs and all that. The cats are my favorite because it's like, well, the dogs are like, ah, food, 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 cool, food. Yeah, go get it. And the cats just like, this is why cats freak out because there's cats everywhere in their brain. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's, uh, don't we all have cats in our brain sometimes?
1: Yeah, and uh, sometimes I'd be doing that too. This cat controlling, controlling the buttons.
0: <laughs> uh, I uh, thought it was interesting that you know, we, we're talking about during the Good Dinosaur how that production kind of hit a standstill, and the director had to leave the project because they just weren't getting anywhere. Um, and that almost could have happened with Inside Out. Um, probably a little less likely for someone like Pete Doctor to just totally have a you know a, a failed project, but. Cause he had already done monsters Inc and up. So, you know, I'm sure he has any number of rabbits up his sleeve, but, um, he, uh, <laughs> he did have a moment where he thought to himself, like, I don't know if I can do this. Maybe I have to quit Pixar. And then he thought about like, what would he miss if he left, you know, he would miss coming to work. He'd miss his friends. And, so he's kind of going through this exercise of like, well, what, what are the costs to, to quitting and, and leaving? Um, And uh, that sort of gave him the idea for the emotional climax of the the film, Um, this core memory, sort of this, this very joyful memory as it ultimately turns out being something that preceded, from a moment of sadness so uh i, I thought that was uh, a neat story you know how how a, a brilliant film like this could have almost could have almost you know not have been made not have been finished
1: yeah i didn't i actually hadn't heard that so that's like it's really interesting because i did see that i guess he after they did inside out he wasn't like super pleased with it and that's where soul came from hmm. um so it's interesting to know that, like, that moment, because she's like, oh, okay, like, you need sadness to have happiness. Mm-hmm. And that that kind of, like, kept him going. He's like, yeah, I like, it, it'll be fine. And then, mm-hmm. you know, he's still there. He's like, oh, All right, Now I'm going to pump out soul. Mm-hmm. We're going to make people cry forever and ever. <laughs> yeah. I mean,
0: as <laughs> much as there may have been dissatisfaction with certain elements of the finished product, as I'm sure all artists feel with certain uh, of their even in their greatest successes um you know this was just obviously just such a, a boon for pixar some consider inside out to be their best film i mean i i don't blame people for having that opinion uh but i know this moment of crisis for doctor came uh three years into the project so it's just crazy how much time like it spent
1: yeah um, they took five years out. right
0: yeah i i think yeah. it was about five years well up came out in 2009 so okay, yeah six years in between those yeah pretty crazy <laughs> um the i this, this film probably should have gotten nominated for best picture uh other pixar films had been um but uh, only two Up and Toy Story 3 two consecutive years were nominated for Best Picture of the Os- Oscars and this handily ran away with the uh, Best Animated Feature Oscar
1: I mean I'm not surprised with Up Yeah, Up was like I, it, apparently Pete Doctors is very good at like ripping your heart out and he's like oh do you want to be happy again here you go Like, because <laughs> yeah. they're like so like at least those movies because i really like up and i really like inside out um it's just like they're so heartfelt like you can feel that he like has put his heart into this movie and maybe it's because he does it from his own experiences so they are relatable like i mean i love monsters inc don't get me wrong but it's i don't i wouldn't say it's as heartfelt as like inside out is or the beginning of up when they crush you (laughs) crush you with sadness just to bring you back up (laughs)
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I mentioned on a previous episode, um, I, I don't think I brought it up during our Good Dinosaur episode, but I had mentioned during Lightyear that the most emotional I ever got at a Pixar movie was the Good Dinosaur. But I, I think, you know, if I were to look at it objectively and, and sort of compare them all equally um, under sort of... A, you know, similar circumstances inside out would be towards the top. I I was getting emotional, you know, throughout this most recent viewing yesterday, um, and I wasn't even feeling in a particularly like <laughs> melancholy or emotional mood. Uh, just so many different. Like I love the moment where joy is, you know, down in in the pit, and you know, crying over the, you know. Just these moments of seeing uh, Riley being forgotten, basically.
1: Um, Yeah. I mean, I was the same way. I watched it today. And I mean, I've watched it in the recent years. But it was like, it used to be like, oh, Bing Bong, being Forgotten made me sad. But now it's like the whole movie. I'm just like, oh, that's so sweet. Oh, (laughs) the whole movie is just like, oh, man, this is like hitting me in the heart. The whole movie. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. The Bing Bong. like at
1: the end when she comes back. And she's like, I'm sorry. I was just trying to be happy and I just can't. And they're like, it's okay. And I was like, oh my gosh, it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I feel uh, you, girl.
0: <laughs> yeah. And the, the, the bing bong moment to me feels maybe the most um, manipulative. I mean, it's effective, but. Uh,
1: right. Yeah. It's... He dies basically. And I was like, man, the first time I watched Inside Out, I boohooed. I was like, not, not him. Why? He could go too. He's not that big.
0: If I were in the same mental place watching Inside Out as I was watching The Good Dinosaur for the first time, then yeah, the the bing bong moment would have, I I might not have survived.
1: You know what it was? If Inside Out, you didn't know, but it got you ready for The Good Dinosaur. That's why.
0: Yes, it softened (laughs) me up.
1: Exactly yeah right. it was like get ready along with, with yeah. <laughs> <laughs> along with those margaritas
0: along with those margaritas i had
1: um, margaritas always helped too. i guess to be emotional so
0: <laughs> uh, jimmy buffett to the rescue um yeah
1: that that's you can have a couple margaritas sadness takes over your console it's like i got it <laughs> don't worry
0: <laughs> there were eight movies nominated for best picture in, in the 2016 academy awards uh spotlight which won Bridge of Spies, mm-hmm. Brooklyn, Mad Max, Fury Road, Room, The Big Short, The Martian, mm-hmm. and The Revenant. No inside out. But, yeah, uh, boo. It's okay.
1: Boo. I mean, there was, a, there was good movies there, so it's, it's hard to compete. <laughs> oh, 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 that room. Okay, that's what I thought. I read that book before it ever became a movie, and I'll tell you, gut-wrenching. I think him and her both won Oscars, though. Brie Larson and the little boy from that movie—they won Oscars that year.
0: Yes, yeah. I did not watch the movie because,
1: yeah, I didn't watch the movie because I had already read. Oh yeah, Tremblay. Um, yeah, I didn't watch the movie because I had already read the book, and I was like, I don't want to cry, so I'm not gonna watch it. I was like, I don't want to watch it again.
0: No, it was good. I did see it. Yeah, it's very inspiring at the end, like. Just the the ability to overcome such Yeah.
1: Moving despair. past. Yeah. Yeah. That well that the book is very the book was hard to read. And I don't what did I have? I did. I, I did have a kid at the time, but I was like, it was a hard book to read. <laughs> so yeah, they were like, <laughs> oh, there's a movie. And I was like, no, I'm okay. I know what happens.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> was it Brie Larson won for mm-hmm. Best Actress. That was the only Oscar that they won. Oh,
1: I thought he got something. Yeah. Uh, yeah looks. Or maybe like... he was a. Uh, maybe he was whatever. Yeah. Whatever I... The word is. Um. Snubbed. <laughs> uh, maybe. Uh, no, maybe. No. Maybe like not elected. Gosh, my brain's not working today. Uh, no.
0: Yeah. I mean, he wasn't nominated. surprisingly surprisingly not nominated. nominated for supporting or best oh, lead. Really? Yeah. The only performance Oscar nomination uh, was for our Room was Brie Larson, and and they won that. So, yeah.
1: uh, well, maybe he was just there with her. He did, so he did get yeah. like nominated and did win awards at other things. Yeah, uh, but Screen... I do remember him being there because he was so cute and little.
0: He was nominated uh, for a Screen Actors Guild award, and I don't know if did he win any from any of the other awards he won, programs
1: he won san diego film critics society there we go and he won critics choice movie awards chicago film critics association canadian screen awards okay and, and austin film critics association going like, to he was be... pretty young <laughs> at the time that was like 2015
0: yeah so, yeah, yeah um definitely
1: he's, oh he's 15. He's only 15. Yeah. They're like, good for you.
0: Impressive. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> definitely a vast filmography for somebody that age, 40 actor credits I'm seeing. And, uh,
1: uh yeah. the
0: voice of flounder in the new little mermaid adaptation. Speaking of nostalgia. Oh,
1: cute. <laughs> I did not know that.
0: Yeah. The producer Jonas Rivera said in an interview, uh, Pixar kind of, you know they've got a certain aesthetic as does Disney animation you know Disney all about the wonder and the magic and the heart you know Pixar obviously full of heart and emotion but there's like another side so so Rivera sort of said Pixar is a combination of like Pulp Fiction and the Little Mermaid (laughs) he said that's what he's (laughs) looking I I, love it I can see that yeah Yeah. I can see that
1: You know. oh, yeah, I didn't I didn't even realize that um he was also the voice of Luca, by the way. Yeah, that's right. I totally f- I forgot about that. I didn't even I realize.
0: I should have remembered. Yeah. yeah. Um I guess uh speaking of remembrance, I, I should mention uh we inside out was sort of in the news lately. The production designer Ralph Eggleston recently died, unfortunately, uh August 28th, age 56. He was production designer on Inside Out and a variety of other films at Pixar, and he directed the short for the birds. Oh, I
1: like that one. that one. Yeah.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, that's
1: well, sad. Rest in peace.
0: Yeah, pour one out for uh, for Ralph Eggleston, and uh, yeah, it will be exciting to see what's next in store for Pixar for Peep Doctor. Um, we, we just had Lightyear and Turning Red all in one year. Uh, oh, I, there's like a new movie called Elemental on its way. Peter Sohn, Pete Sohn. That's his uh, his next directorial endeavor. Uh, so.
1: I don't think I have heard of this one yet.
0: I, I just saw that on his list of upcoming projects.
1: Um, yeah. I it's scheduled to be released June of next year.
0: That sounds fascinating. Of course, uh, elements uh, sort of similar with to emotions, only more in nature.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, well, I saw the picture, like the I guess like the storyboard or something, and it, the guy. It was like a fire character and a water character, and the water character kind of reminds me of Osmosis Jones. Mm. Uh, <laughs> throw it back, <laughs> but I was like, oh man, he looks a lot like Osmosis Jones. <laughs> Um, yeah but no i I hadn't heard that one and that's when i read um about them getting greenlit for the sequel for inside out it was like oh it could be in like 2024 okay i'm like have they already like been working on it and they just needed to get it like greenlit to do like actually do production because i feel like it took so long to do the first one or they can just build on that i guess it doesn't take as long
0: the, yeah i mean it doesn't have to take super long if if they have a really solid idea and if they try to like fast track you know that can be dangerous <laughs> trying to
1: yeah that's push, why i was like it 2024 seems like quick it seems like a quick turnaround if it just got greenlit sometime this year but i'll be interested hmm. to see what they do with it like are they going to have like a villain emotion who knows because mm, yeah. you were saying that earlier you're like oh yeah they could just send like send stuff back and i'm like oh yeah there could be bad emotions hiding out in out in the mind somewhere
0: yeah yeah um (laughs) what is the toxic uh love the tim curry played hexus in fern gully so like some kind of infection uh, along those lines like (laughs) demon (laughs) that'd that'd be a little intense but you know
1: (laughs) well they they Uh, might be like um it could be like something like an infectious, like emotion that makes the other emotions like bleh, like dark. And bleh, there was the breathing.
0: virus, yeah, in Ralph Breaks the Internet,
1: mm-hmm. something
0: like that. No, I, uh, you know, I mean, know.
1: Osmosis Jones, they had a oh. virus. <laughs> now I'm stuck on Osmosis Jones. That's, yeah, that's a great <laughs>
0: callback. Um,
1: it is, they had a virus, he was yeah. trying to kill a human. <laughs>
0: Who played that character too? It was a, it was a great Thrax uh, in Osmosis Jones. Um, who did they
1: Osmosis Jones? I know was Chris Rock, Thrax yeah. was Lawrence Fishburne. Oh, yeah, yeah, I mean, he has a great voice. I'm sure if yeah. I watched it, I actually watched it like in the last year and I was like, man, what a throwback!
0: Great cast, I love
1: it, yeah.
0: Mm. So yeah, um uh, we'll see you back in or uh, <laughs> we'll we'll see you back for inside out two where Riley and her emotions fend off thrax. <laughs> uh, yeah, osmosis Jones
1: comes from elemental to help.
0: It'll be a, a crossover. Um,
1: <laughs> who did osmosis Jones? Oh
0: gosh, yeah, the production company is uh that's a good question i don't think it was dreamworks was it it was
1: warner brothers
0: okay that makes sense
1: i remember there was a show they actually had like a kid's show like afterwards i guess it did well enough that they had like a little show and i don't remember what channel it came on but yeah apparently Mm -hmm. it was warner brothers
0: Mm. yeah warner animation makes sense um yeah and that was like a full-blown like uh theatrical release as far as i recall well
1: yeah well it was like half cartoon half live action oh, yeah. well
0: yeah big they had bill murray mm-hmm.
1: yeah bill murray that they were inside so it was like all the inside stuff was cartoon yeah which mm-hmm. I, I for some reason i forgot well so the, so the show wasn't the show was just inside but the movie was live people and also cartoon Bacteria and things. <laughs>
0: I don't think I've seen the whole thing. Like I, I feel like we watched it in health class, uh, but like I hope I, that's
1: that's all they did in health class. <laughs> We're just gonna watch Osmosis Jones over and over.
0: Yeah, I don't even know if I caught the whole thing when we did that. It was, uh it was, I don't remember it very well. Maybe we'll have to cover that sometime.
1: No, um, the only reason I remember is because I have watched it like in the last year. <laughs> I don't know why I did. Maybe my uh, it's uh, my daughter probably picked it and I was like oh yeah it's a throwback we should watch it
0: It I honestly like
1: did not remember and I'm watching it and I was like oh yeah like they do that and they're like fighting because I guess like the virus gets to like the brain or the I think it gets to the brain and they're like trying Hmm. to fight him so he doesn't kill off Bill Murray yeah
0: it's like uh, (laughs) sort of the osmosis Jones is to Chris Rock what Mushu was to uh, Eddie Murphy and then mm-hmm. the two of them w- would go on to voice perhaps more famous animated characters in um, oh gosh the was it um, I can't remember the name of the zebra from Madagascar off I don't the top remember of my head
1: either. we uh, also have um is not donkey Chris Rock is in Hotel Transylvania as well right he is and uh, maybe is he? I
0: I'm not as familiar with Hotel Transylvania, but
1: Oh, I am. That yeah. that was my that was my daughter's generation for sure. <laughs> I've seen them all. Uh, Madagascar.
0: Yeah, he's in a few different animated Marty. Marty. Marty the zebra. Yeah. I I was thinking Alex, but that's the lion. That's Ben Stiller's mm-hmm.
1: character. And then you have Melman. Mm-hmm. And Gloria, I think is the hippo.
0: That's right yeah i didn't i didn't care for really the first madagascar or the third one but the second one kind of slaps
1: i they were one of the they were one of those movies that they were fine i yeah. didn't like they're not my favorite but i didn't like hate them like i watched them with her i watched the show
0: i'd maybe they had, yeah they had
1: the lemur show um yeah that i did watch
0: <laughs> i don't know i remember the third one just being pretty obnoxious sort of like a minions or a troll sort of just kind of very pandering um so i don't know and i had the
1: the penguins the penguins had a spinoff too
0: yeah yeah oh i and saw the that.
1: lemurs the lemurs and the penguins got a spinoff out of that movie so i mean apparently they did well
0: yeah the kids penguins, loved it <laughs> yeah penguins movie was was fun i did see that um penguins well, they, i think they
1: had a show too the penguins had a show on disney i'm pretty sure
0: yep yep i don't think I've followed any like spinoff show of any theatrical animated uh, feature. Uh... I can say
1: um, <laughs> I don't think I tried with the Madagascar spinoffs. <laughs> Certainly
0: not. They we were just
1: there. <laughs>
0: uh, I haven't finished Monsters at Work, but I plan to.
1: I need to. I'm glad that you said something because I've been watching She-Hulk instead. And I've been meaning to watch monsters at work because I do want to watch it. I only, I've still only watched the first episode, but I'm going to like put that on my list. So I'll remember.
0: Yeah. I'm behind on stuff. There's a a run of three consecutive weekends with formula one races. So there's a lot of, (laughs) I I'm obsessed. Like I watch all the sessions in their entirety, the, the practice, free practice qualifying. And then the, you know, the full, two and a half hour race <laughs> that they do on Sunday. So, I mean, uh, that, that takes up a lot of my, uh, <laughs> streaming time. Uh, but anyways, um, well, thank you so much, Bridget. Uh, yeah, we, we mentioned Alex unable to surprise
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. with, uh, responsibilities. Exactly. <laughs> so unfortunately...
0: well, we'll get her and
1: Jody next time. I'm sure.
0: Yep. Well, uh, this was fun though. Talking inside out, um, any final thoughts?
1: Uh, no, All I right. had. I mean, this is one of my favorite movies. So yeah, don't don't conceal your feelings.
0: Got any? Uh, uh, that's it. <laughs> yeah, anything to plug social media, so forth.
1: Uh, sure, you can find me on Instagram at Bridget. That's Bridge with a T. Five two four six.
0: Awesome. And you can find the Thodcast at thodcast.com, streaming on SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music. uh, And uh, find us at Thodcast on Twitter and Instagram. Find me at Philip Elke on Twitter and Instagram. Twitter and Instagram. Uh, Lauren (laughs) Michaels. uh, Anyways let's uh call that a show that was inside out so thanks so much bridget and we'll be back with some more thawcast very soon um you all have a wonderful week have a magical day and warm hugs